Hello, hello, and welcome to the Healthy Body Podcast. My name is Brianna Wilkerson from Mainwell, and I am your host. I am a holistic health and life coach, CrossFit Level 1 trainer, and a doTERRA essential oils advocate on a mission to empower women to be healthy and thrive in all areas of their lives. But I truly believe in order to do that, it starts with your physical health and it starts with having a healthy body. So this podcast is all about providing you with the resources, support, and encouragement you need to get a healthy body and healthy life in a natural, sustainable way. You'll find solo episodes and interviews on what I call my seven pillars of a healthy body, nutrition, exercise, stress management, sleep, digestion, toxic load, and mindset and habits and other areas of your life. You'll also find bonus essential oil features empowering you to use essential oils in your everyday life. I'm so excited you're here again and hope you subscribe, rate, review, and let me know how each episode impacted you. So stay tuned for the next episode and a brief introduction to the episode's sponsor. This episode of the Healthy Body Podcast is sponsored by Madewell's Healthy Body Academy. The Healthy Body Academy launches in November 2018 and will be a membership community and transformational space for women to get a healthy body naturally, sustainably, alongside one another. The Healthy Body Academy will have monthly masterclasses and trainings, mini challenges, live Q&A sessions, gratitude and intention sessions, and so much more. And some of the bonus features include a private Facebook community, access to my extensive archive of trainings and resources, and even accountability partners. So if this sounds like something that you really need to get the healthy body you want naturally and sustainably, I encourage you to join the waitlist. Go to madewell345.com slash healthybodyacademy to learn more, join the waitlist, and get access to my free resources and free community in the meantime. So I'm so excited you're here again. Thank you for tuning in, and now it is time for today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Body Podcast. I am I'm Brianna, I'm your host, and today with me I have Deanna, and we're just going to continue on this series talking about how can we really just continue to be healthy through the holidays in our whole um, life, right? So in our mindset, in our nutrition, and so forth. And so Deanna has just a really powerful story and amazing tips for you. Uh, that is just really going to come out of from her story, but particularly how can you find food freedom during the holidays and really just enjoy the holidays, enjoy your food and not come back at the beginning of the year being like, what did I just do? And so thank you so much for joining us today, Deanna. I'm so excited to be here, Brianna. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So maybe we can just start with um, you just introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then you can start to share a little bit about your health journey and story because it's such a powerful one and I think those listening really need to hear it. Yeah, I would love to do that. So I'm Deanna Wilcox and I'm a certified health and wellness coach and I'm a low toxin living advocate, which I'm going to describe a little bit. I mostly work with one-on-one clients at this point, although I do have a couple of online programs in development. I'm a mom to two boys, nine and 11, and I homeschooled both boys up until this school year. We're building a home in a new community, and so the boys actually started at school in that community um, 
this fall. And so we have a lot of transitions going on right now and life is beautifully busy, but my passion for bringing more joy to the lives of others really began at an early age. And you might appreciate the story, Brianna. Um, I used to deliver Easter baskets with my grandmother to the elderly and shut-ins that were like made by our church. And so I used to go with her to visit these people and I saw the joy that we brought to them by just bringing them these simple gifts and spending time. That was more what it was about, just listening to them and spending time with them. And that was really where my desire to like work with other people in this fashion began. It ended up leading me to um, getting a degree in occupational therapy in college. And it was about 12 years after that, sorry, eight years after that, that I really found my true passion for, um, you know, for helping people, which was through um, health coaching. So that's kind of how it began. And now I've been a coach for seven years and I just love to deeply connect with my clients and to help to bring more joy, calm, and freedom to their diet, their lifestyle, and their mindset. It's, it's amazing. Um, I really love to help them do that by helping them let go of rules, dogma, limiting beliefs that have kept them unsuccessful and unhappy. And, you know, my passion is really about helping them to just tap into their own knowing about what's right for them. And, you know, I do that just by providing guidance, accountability, reassurance. But so often I find that my clients have, they have it all already within them. It's just about helping them to tap into that. Um, and then, like I said, I'm a low toxin living advocate. And so I'm really passionate. My own story is, has had a lot of, um, you know, influence from toxins in it um, that have made that made me sick, and so that really made me very passionate about helping others to um, reduce the number of toxins in their lives. It helped me to become more aware of just all of the toxins in our lives that we actually have control over, and so I love to help my clients do that. And another passion of mine, and all of it may kind of sound like separate things, but it all really ends up blending really well together, is that I really enjoy helping people find more balance in a lifestyle where we really glorify the hustle all of the time. And I get so wrapped up in the hustle and, you know, I, I have a type A personality that I feel like I'm trying to recover from somewhat, but um, I just found that, you know, being in that hustle all the time really put me in a very difficult place. And I had to learn how to balance, you know, when to hustle a little bit and when to give myself more grace and rest. And now I love to help other women in particular. I feel like women um, are really prone to getting stuck in this pattern. Um, men too, for sure. But, um, you know, being often moms and, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs and whatever, they just, they can get stuck in that. So I love, I love helping women through that part too. Wow. Such a great, I had no idea you've been doing this for seven years. You look so young. <laughs> You really do. I mean, not you really do. You look really well. And that's how you take care of yourself. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about um, your story? When I was kind of reading it, 
uh, just around, you have very key things that you talked about too, just around Weight Watchers and digestive distress. And then finally getting to the point where you had to, you're like, no doctor's helping me. I need to go do my research. And then, you know, realizing that you had this stuff that was caused by toxins and so forth. Can you just share a little bit about that process and that journey for us? Absolutely. Yeah. So my personal journey, really, I guess it was in high school. I was not overweight, but I started to become more aware of my weight and how I looked and, you know, how others might be interpreting that. And um, I began to pay attention to how I could impact my weight. You know, I just started to see a little bit more fluctuation in my weight with different things that I would do, like whether I was more or less active or ate a little differently. And so I became interested in nutrition to a degree. Um, nowhere to the level that I have an understanding now, but I borrowed my grandmother's Weight Watchers materials and um, started paying attention to nutrition labels. And really, this was at a time where low fat was everything. You know, I was taught through those materials that fat made you fat. And so, you know, I remember eating dry Rice Krispies because they were no fat and they were low in calories. And I remember thinking that that was probably a decent food because my interpretation or my vantage point and everything was really kind of all about weight at that point. And, um, but I will say that it, it did bring this awareness, um, of, you know, nutrition labels and just like I started looking at those types of things and so then though fast forward a little bit in college I started having major digestive distress it caused me stomach aches immense bloating and weight gain my doctors just were not helping me find the root cause I spent a few years working with them through this and they just kept blowing it off as stress. And I, I knew deep down, right, that that wasn't the only answer as to what was going on. So after about two to three years of, you know, doing my own research and really not to age myself, but this was at a time where the internet was not the way it is now. Like, you know, you could Google things, but what it brought up was not what we get now. And, um, so I, I began to realize that, you know, through my research, which, which I, it was very limited at that time, I had irritable bowel syndrome. So I brought that to my doctors and they agreed. But now I know that to really just be a symptom of deeper issues. But at the time, it felt like it gave me some answers. So I experimented with a bunch of, you know, elimination diets, essentially. And I did have some positive results. You know, it's interesting because my doctors really weren't telling me that you know, the foods I was eating could really impact things. But knowing that I was having digestive distress, it made perfect sense, right? It was what, to experiment with my foods. However, those elimination diets and noticing I had some control coupled with a bout of clinical depression at the end of college for me ended up leading to me really tightening my control and diet and exercise. And I ended up developing anorexia. And within about a year, I was able to kind of heal those things up, but my digestive symptoms never fully went away. And, you know, upon recovery, I was struggling again with some weight issues, kind of, you know, some metabolic issues as a result of having anorexia. I was now putting on more weight than I wanted to. I was really still eating in a disordered way. I didn't necessarily have, you know, an eating disorder any, anymore, but I did have disordered eating. And I had a major lack of self-love. Um, 
you know, that was really the hardest part. Looking back on that, it, it saddens me to think of my journey through that. Um, I ended up finding that gluten was a major contributor to many of my digestive issues and perhaps somewhat to my mental health. So now I know um, gluten can really impact mental health as well. But even removing that didn't clear up all of the digestive issues. And it wasn't until my health really took a sudden and major downward spiral in 2012 that I'd eventually get to the root of these digestive issues. Um, you know, I went through a string of pretty stressful events from about 2008 to 2012, and it kind of culminated with a period of high stress in 2012, and my health just crashed. Um, it took a lot of research, self-advocacy, and perseverance to get to the bottom of what was going on. And, you know, we discovered that I had Lyme disease and a condition called SIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome, and it's caused by mold toxicity. So while digging for the answers and working to heal myself, I really was able to, you know, do a lot of digestive healing, healing hormonal imbalances, and eventually the Lyme and much more. But really, the real blessing in the journey was being able to find uh, peace with my body, food freedom, and really learning to love myself. And I just grew my mindset by leaps and bounds. And, you know, I literally became a full-time student of health during this process, you know, looking for my diagnosis and ways to recover. And so although it's been a long and challenging journey, I really am so grateful for all of the gifts that I received along the way. And it's really um, positioned me to be able to help people. And, um, you know, I'm still tweaking the dials on, you know, some of the pieces of my health to fully regain um, everything that I believe I can, but I am thriving in ways that I never have. And so it really brings me such joy when my clients now trust me to walk their journey with them. Such a beautiful journey, just like all the things that you've gone through and just you, what you, you said something very important, like perseverance to finally kind of discover and not to give up. And I think that's the thing is just sometimes when you have chronic conditions, it can just be so easy to be like, I'm just always going to have this. Yeah. I'm just always going. So I'm just going to continue to live my life with this versus realizing that, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day of this, this food uh, fitness professional in LA who, uh, who lost his voice for eight years and, wow. and did the research he needed to do and to find out what was going on. But he was coaching people like health coaching while you know he had didn't have his voice so he was like I'm going to try to figure out what's going to go on with my voice but as I've learned some of this stuff so I'm going to help you and obviously he had to coach in a different way so I just think that story just made me kind of remind me of yours just like the perseverance into not give up and to find the solution uh, that you particularly needed in your journey absolutely there were many times along the journey where well, it was, you know, after some time, like I would just be so hopeful each and every time we would come across something new, like we would find a, a new layer of what was going on for me, or we would find a new, um, you know, treatment plan. And, you know, I would have hope each and every time that this was it. This was going to be the end of it. This was going to be the thing that changed everything. And, um, you know, so often it wasn't. And, I would just, you know, it would lead to some discouragement for a short period, but I did have 
great perseverance. There's one thing I learned about myself is that I am much, much stronger than I ever knew. And, you know, I just kept pushing. I would sort of brush the dust off and, and start again. And, um, at some point in time though, I really started to lose hope. I started to lose hope that I could get better. I wasn't willing to give up, but the hope was really dissipating. And, um, I had to dig deep for that. And it really wasn't until I decided to start living. So there is this balance, I think, Brianna, of, of like persevering and searching and, and even striving early on um, to find the answers and to, you know, get the help you need. But then there needs to come a time where you start to just trust. You would start to trust that you're on the right path and that where you're at is, is the right place. And I had to commit to doing that, to, to trust and to stop some of the searching because I had done so much of it and I knew all that I needed to do and what I really needed to do was to just start living, to say, you know, I may not feel the way that I want to feel right now, but I need to start living and finding joy in life the way it is. And really it was in that process that some really true healing came and not just like mental, emotional, spiritual, but physical healing came as well. And I think a lot of that is like letting go of some of the stress, right? Letting go of that burden. And so anyway, you know, that all of that, just to say, I really think there is this balance of perseverance and letting go. <laughs> it's funny that there really can be such joy sometimes in letting go when really like we, we think we want all this control, but letting go can really bring some great joy and healing as well. Yeah, that's so true. So as we kind of talk about the holidays, um, I think many people in a way let go in a bad way in the sense like they're like, forget this. I'm just going to, you know, but I love what you talked about the balance between perseverance and letting go, even in the holidays, like persevering in this healthy living journey, but letting go in the sense of I'm not going to be perfect. So if we were to talk about being healthy through the holiday season, what are some of the tips that you would have for us that could really help us just mindset wise and emotionally and even in our daily habits? Yeah. So, you know, I think that so many people, when they think about the holidays, they do think about like, you know, they hear about this trend of how much weight you gain over the holidays. And, you know, they often think when asked, like, how do you want to get through the holidays? Or, you know, what are your, what are your health goals for the holidays? So often I think weight comes to mind for people. And, um, you know, it is true that, that there can be changes in weight over the holidays because people do let go. But I actually really encourage people to think about it in a very different way. So sort of let go of that weight goal for a minute and start to think about how do you want to feel connect with with how you really want to feel during the holidays is it that you want to feel hopeful um happy joyful connected loved giving loving healthy grateful energetic strong alive faithful you know any one of these things relaxed calm present free focused confident it could be so many different things. And it could, you know, certainly could be more than one of these things. And so I, I would really encourage people to first think about how they want to feel. And then once you decide that to really think about 
what are the activities, thoughts, habits, or actions that it's going to take for you to feel that way? Consider the things that are going to help you achieve this. And, you know, think back on times in the past where maybe you have been able to achieve those feelings. And, you know, just think about what, what, the, what things were helping you to do that. So it could be things like prioritizing enough sleep, right? We're not going to feel super energetic if we haven't gotten enough sleep. And during the holidays, sometimes we feel really busy and maybe we, we kind of let go of our sleep habits a little bit. But maybe you need to prioritize that to feel the way you want to feel. Um, maybe it's about choosing the real foods that make you feel your best most of the time. So, uh, you know, a lot of treats will come around around the holidays, whether you're in a work environment and they're around or they're just in stores or they're at gatherings. Um, you know, it's okay. And we'll talk a little about that. It's okay to make the choice to have some of that. But what's going to make you feel best most of the time? Maybe you need to focus on that. Maybe it's getting in a certain amount or type of activity. Maybe a daily walkthrough makes you feel really great. It makes you feel some of those ways we just talked about, calm, present, energized. So commit to your daily walk. Even though it's really busy, make sure you recognize that as a non-negotiable. Um, and maybe even just prioritizing self-care during the holidays, whatever that may look like for you. There's lots of things that may help to contribute to those feelings that you desire. So think about what those are. And then identify any potential barriers to your success. So sometimes knowing what these barriers are and planning for them can help us. So, you know, for instance, again, it's the busy holiday season and maybe you are letting go of your meal prep because you just have too many other things going on. But that meal prep is the very thing that gives you so many of the things you want to feel. Like it keeps you eating the real food that, that makes you feel good. It keeps you from, um, you know, going to the drive through and, and having something that doesn't make you feel great. So, you know, create a plan to keep that meal prep in your routine. And so just really focus on those, what are those potential barriers and think about how you can plan around them. And also consider seeking some support or guidance or accountability during the holidays from a coach. I think sometimes, um, actually I'm going to talk about that right now. Um, Gretchen Rubin is an author and speaker on the topics of human nature, habits, happiness, and you know, I really encourage you to get to know yourself better. Gretchen has a quiz that is called uh, the Four Tendencies Quiz, and you can go find out how you deal with both internal and external expectations. And the largest group, so there are four tendencies. So there's obligers, rebels, upholders, and questioners. And the largest group is the obligers. They are the people who will consistently uphold external expectations, but they struggle with internal expectations. These are the people who really need the accountability to uphold their goals. And so, you know, if you're an obliger, a coach for you during the holidays may be just what you need to continue to feel the way you want to feel, to stick with those goals that you have for yourself. And so anyway, I actually have a post on my site that, um, I'm going to give you access to through the freebie that we'll talk about at the end, but that talks about how a coach might help you based on any one of those four tendencies. So again, the tip here is to just know yourself better and seek the support that might be right for you and your tendency. 
And on one other tip I want to give before I go into um, a list of 10 is to really consider the things that you will do to achieve um, the feelings that you desire, right? That will make you both happy and healthy. So when you come upon something, ask yourself, is this going to make me both happy and healthy? And, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to actually say here that this involves making self-honoring choices to really, truly think about what the self-honoring choice is. So, you know, if eating ice cream every night is probably not a self-honoring choice, right, or some, some holiday dessert, but um, I think that if you are thinking about, does this make me happy and healthy, you can really consider the full picture. So if you're sitting down at you know a, a holiday meal and your grandmother perhaps has made her famous pecan pie now to sit down and have a slice of that pie with your grandmother and very mindfully enjoy it very well could make you both happy and healthy right is the pecan pie making you physically healthy maybe not but mentally um emotionally you have a connection over that piece of pecan pie and i would beg to say that yeah, that would make you happy and healthy. Now to go home and sit down by yourself and eat a pan of brownies is, is probably different, right? That's probably not making you happy and healthy. So really, um, you know, when we're asking ourselves that question, will this make me both happy and healthy? You know, take on the responsibility of making sure that you're making self-honoring choices when you answer that question. And I think that that question alone will get you a really long ways. Wow, such great tips and very much, you know, forcing people to really customize the holidays for them. And I think you do a really great job of that, even what you were saying earlier around the work you do with your clients. And that's something that I am a total advocate for, because I think we've had enough in this world of saying, you should just eat this sort of food during the holidays. You should avoid this very black and white. And But I think it's different for each person. And I love how you attached it to how we want to feel because that's actually what we're going for when we're going for any goal. And so the tips around letting go of the weight goal, um, what, you know, the actions that will help you feel that way and the thoughts, you know, identifying your barriers, identifying what you need for support, and then, you know, considering what will really make you happy and healthy, which is what we actually want are such great tips. And I hope people watch this over or listen over and over again to really just let that sit because you can take those five tips, not just for the holidays, but the whole year. You know, for sure. Yeah. Every single day asking yourself those questions. And so thank you for those. And then you mentioned um, 10 tips. Is that from your freebie? Yeah, no, I have 10 more ideas mm -hmm. that, you know, we can kind of go through quickly mm -hmm. sort of as, as bullet points mm -hmm. that you might consider um, in the bigger picture. They all fit in with what I was just saying, but they're a little bit more like task oriented, I guess, so, you know, a little less broad and a bit more task oriented. So first I would suggest that you envision what you want. So we talked about, you know, how you want to feel and all of that, but really envision it, create this picture in your mind of how you're going to feel through the holidays. But more than that too, like break that down to smaller things. So if you've been invited to a party and you're concerned about, you know, eating too much at the party, you know, in the past, maybe you've left that party feeling really full and bloated and the next morning not feeling great, 
maybe you've had too much to drink. Envision what you want before that party. Picture yourself creating a plate of the foods that are going to make you feel good. And they might not all be the choices that you make on a daily basis, day in and day out. Maybe you have a few special things on your plate. But picture yourself fixing that plate and then picture what you're going to do. Are you going to sit down and really mindfully enjoy it with your friends and then enjoy the rest of the evening socializing or whatever it is that you want. Just really picture that ahead of time. Creating a vision in our mind is a really, really strong way to actually get what we want out of something. So actually, I want to elaborate on that for a second. Our subconscious does not pick up on the word no, and it actually doesn't really operate in words. It operates in pictures. So just to give you like a, an example of this, if, if you say, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the party and I'm going to have vegetables, um, you know, and you picture that process then that's very likely what you're going to do. You're, you've already created that idea in your subconscious, but if you're telling yourself, I'm going to go to the party and I'm not going to eat three pieces of dessert and I'm not going to have too many drinks, your mind is not hearing, your subconscious is not hearing not. Instead, your mind is creating visions of the desserts and the drinks. And so when you go to the party, you're more likely to be drawn to those things because that's what you've created a vision of. So create a vision in your mind of what you really want. And that's and you can do that sort of over and over. You want to be careful not to be obsessive about it, but to just really create, keep creating that vision of what you want. That can be really helpful. So number two, um, focus on, on your purpose and your goals. So just as we talked about, like keep going back to how is it that you want to feel? Does it make you happy and healthy? You know, keep asking yourself that each time you have to make a decision, keep that goal in mind and be prepared. Like I said, you know, if for you being prepared means like doing meal prep, make sure that you set the time aside to do things like that. Or maybe that means if you're going to a party, you have something to eat before you go, or you bring food that you can share with everybody else that works really well for you. Whatever being prepared means for you, um, that's going to keep you most successful. Think about those things. Also know that the first three bites taste the best, okay? So if you're going to engage in a special treat, something that you wouldn't typically have, really stay super mindful when you're taking those bites and know that those first three bites are probably going to taste the best. When you get to bite four, five, seven, ten, whatever it is, it might not be tasting as good and maybe you don't even finish. Just really be mindful about how you're feeling about it and, and how much of that food you really want. Another idea is to fix a plate and move away from the table. So, so often we kind of stand around the table and we're grazing and we start eating kind of mindlessly. So fix the plate very mindfully of the things that you really want and move away from the table. And then next, give it time before going back for more. Maybe just give, give the food some time to settle. It often takes about 20 minutes or so for food to really even register in our stomach. And so give it some time and see how you're feeling before just automatically going back for more. And like I said before, know yourself better. Uh, in the freebie that I have for you is the link to take that quiz from Gretchen Rubin, the Four Tendencies quiz. You can also just Google it and you'll find it. But get to know yourself better. Know, know what you need to be successful through the holidays. And avoid um, binge and restrict cycles. So really tune into what you want. I think a lot of times people 
will go to events or parties and deny themselves something that they really wanted. And then they go home and end up eating something different. It wasn't what they really wanted, but now they feel deprived. And so they go home and eat something altogether different that doesn't bring them the joy that maybe if they had just allowed themselves to have that thing that they really wanted to begin with, that wouldn't have happened. Or if you do have something and you later decide maybe it wasn't what you really wanted and maybe you really didn't need that or you didn't need as much of it as you had, to really be careful about falling victim to that guilt mindset, to really, you know, kind of without judgment, look at that and say, okay, you know, this happened. What can I learn from it? And how can I move forward? How can I do it differently next time? So really get out of that binge and restrict cycle. And really, if you're feeling the desire for something, evaluate, is this going to make me feel the way I want to feel? Is it going to make me happy and healthy? Again, to decide on that right then and there, be, be mindful. And that will help you to sort of break free of that binge and restrict cycle. Another thing is to um, create a mindfulness practice. If you don't already have some sort of mindfulness practice going on, you know, whether that be prayer time, meditation, uh, deep breathing, um, journaling, just some way of sort of reflecting and going within a little bit, uh, it's a great thing to do to be able to stay in the space that you desire for the holidays, to stay in that space of how you want to feel, to be able to turn inward and to evaluate whether you're there and to find ways to adjust to make sure that you stay there. And then lastly, um, to practice self-love and to trust yourself. So again, those um, self-honoring choices that I was talking about, you know, really choosing the things that make you feel the way you want to feel and honoring the desires that you have for things. And to trust your intuition. I think sometimes we, we want to... Um, you know, avoid, avoid some of those things that we're feeling. And if we, if we really truly go within and trust what our, the way that our intuition is leading us, we're likely to remain in that place that we wanted to feel in the beginning. Um, you know, and that might even be practicing self-love and trusting yourself might even look like saying no to something during the holidays that, you know, maybe everybody else is expecting you to do, but maybe you recognize like, this is just too much for me today. And I need to say no, or maybe it's saying yes to something that maybe you typically wouldn't say yes to, but you realize like, you know, I actually really want to do this. And so maybe sometimes it's just about saying yes. But so that, those are my 10, like a little bit more targeted um, tips that might help you to really stay in that place of uh, how you want to feel. Those are amazing. I, I think I lost track. And I was like writing them like, oh, I think I forgot one, but I'll get them from you. So yeah, just I think, you know, what I really love about what you share is just really, again, for people to just love themselves through this process and really be mindful of what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're, what they're eating, what they're acting, what they're feeling versus just kind of following a rule book and rule book that's not catered towards them and it's actually very I don't know sometimes I think rules can be quite shameful you know if you're like oh man I didn't follow that or you see your, your health coach in the supermarket and you're like mm, I don't have to my cart that which you know moving on from that. but I love the four tendencies as well because I think when I took that test and made perfect sense I'm more of a questioner that I really uphold my inner expectations which is good and bad because if I have really high expectations of myself 
that's when I get in trouble. Like I'm like, no, I have to do this now. I don't need anyone to tell me. Right. So, uh, but you know, the, the opposite can be true with an obliger. So I think really knowing yourself well, uh, for me, knowing I have to run things by people saying like, I think I want to do this. And they'll ask me, but where's that coming from? Is that coming from a good place or the bad place? And I'm like, mm, you know, I'm better able to analyze that. Uh, because if I didn't tell them, I would just go about head and do it on my own and put, run myself down or trying to meet these goals or expectations that aren't realistic. So yeah, I advise everyone take that four tendencies test. Um, I agree. Yeah. Everything you say, you just said resonates with me. I'm a questioner too. Mm. Although I've actually taken the quiz twice now about a year or so apart from each other. And one time I got a polder and one time I got questioner. And so it is a Venn diagram, right? Yeah. So, um, some of the types can lean towards the other types. Right. So I'm not exactly sure which I fit into, but I'm pretty sure I fit more solidly into questioner mm -hmm. and I lean towards a polder. So when upholder, uh, will uphold both internal and external right. expectations. And I think, Brianna, it's really interesting because, you know, both of us in our history with like eating disorders, mm -hmm. um, upholders have it really tricky too, because although mm -hmm. they'll uphold all of those things, they can experience tightening. So yeah. with, and this is something I definitely experienced in my past. And now I have to be sort of very cognizant of is that tightening is when, you start to uphold something. I'm just going to give a really simple example of say like you start to hit 10,000 steps a day, right? And you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like and you're super proud of that. But then one day you hit 12,000 and you're like, wow, I did 12,000. Now I need to hit 12,000 every day. And then before you know it, you're, it's 18,000 because you just keep raising the bar and it's called tightening. And that can be a very dangerous place. You know, that's exactly really what led to my anorexia was like, I found this control and I kept controlling, controlling, controlling more and more and more. And so, um, all of the four tendencies really have areas where they can benefit from a coach. And I'm, I'm not here to push coaching services, but I think um, it's just so, so interesting to get to know yourself better and to know the areas where you really do benefit from that accountability and, um, you know, that support and that guidance and that um, pushing to question, like, what is it that you really want and need? And to really, you know, really ask some of those deeper questions like you were saying. Yeah, I would definitely say in the past, I was more of an upholder. And I think it depends. I actually can lean towards a lot towards rebel, especially in my career. I'm just like, this is what I feel called to do. I'm gonna go do it, you know, um, while in other things, it's very easy for me to go back, especially in my struggle with food and health and wellness to go back to that upholder. It's so yeah. easy to go back up there. So I have to bring myself back down and just, uh, and just get to this healthy place as well. And so I love that you, you, you describe that tightening and that like pendulum almost, right? So knowing yeah. what situations you're more likely to be one over the other. Really yes. Important. True. Yes. Because you definitely, yeah, you can definitely lean, you know, wherever you are, you can mm -hmm. lean in one direction or the other. And um, yeah, it definitely can like certain situations can impact how you're going mm -hmm. to respond. So yeah, yeah, knowing that about yourself is really important. I think. Yeah. So good. Well, you gave us so much food for thought, like, man, anyone listens to this, they'll be good for life. Um, <laughs> but will you just tell us a little bit then about where people can find you on the world wide web and social media? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is thrivingwithdeanna.com. And um, I have a lot of great stuff there. I will say, um, you know, in the past almost year, we have been in so many transitions, as I said, um, between selling our house and temporarily living in an apartment and building a home in a new community. And so we've been kind of spread all out. Things have been a little crazy. And so my um, weekly blogging has slowed way down over there, but I have a lot of great resources there already. And I very much love connecting with my community. So regardless of the fact that I haven't been actively blogging over the past couple of months, I'm still very connected with my community. Love it when people reach out to me through my website or social media. So um, please don't hesitate to do that. Uh, I am still actively sharing on social media and, you know, I've had a lot of stuff coming out um, in that way. So you can find me on um, Facebook at Thriving with Deanna as well. And then on um, Instagram, it's Thriving with Deanna. There's an underscore between each of the words. So that's where you can find me on, on social media. Awesome. Great. And then maybe just before we wrap up, could you share a little bit about your freebie and then your giveaway for those interested? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you go to thrivingwithdeanna.com backslash resources, I have a freebie there called 10 tips to find your food freedom. And within that uh, document, you will find the link to Gretchen Rubin's quiz, as well as um, more information that I've provided on those topics on my website as well, like I said, and then those 10 tips. So that really are very much um, complementary and in line with what we talked about today. So I encourage you to go check that out. And then I also want to offer all of your listeners a free discovery call with me. If anybody's interested in exploring services with me, um, I would love to offer, like I said, a free discovery call to sort of help people figure that out to find out if we're the right match for one another. And anybody who books before the end of 2018, I would love to offer a $25 discount off in their package. So good. Love that. Such a great, great set of resources for people too. And so guys, um, thank you so much, Deanna. And guys, you must check out the Healthy Through the Holiday Summit that I'm co-hosting with Anya Perry um, starting November 12th that Deanna is featured in. She was in my last summit and just gave such great, great tips that we thought, hmm, of course she's going to be included again. And so definitely check out that free summit, which we're going to have quite a bit of speakers where they're going to speak shorter, but just give you really great, their top tips for being healthy through the holidays. And also if some of you may know, I'm going to be switching up the way that I do serve clients in the future, I'm particularly going to really focus on a membership style community, the healthy body Academy. So check out the wait list for that. It will open also the end of this month, November. So thank you, Deanna so much for your, your time and your wise wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. All right. Thank you guys. And be sure to check out the blog post with all of the links. Thanks. All right, friends, that's another episode of the Healthy Body Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to let me know how this podcast impacted you. Also be sure to rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with others that you know really just need some support and encouragement along their healthy journey. And of course, don't forget about the Healthy Body Academy that launches in November 2018. This academy is going to be a transformational space for women to get the support they need for to get a healthy body naturally, sustainably, and in a fun and joyful way. So go to madewell345.com slash healthybodyacademy and get all the details there. Okay? All right. That's really it this time. And I will see you on the next episode.